What did we just watch, Amy? We just watched The New Mutants. The New Mutants? Which is about the new mutants. Did you know The New Mutants as a as a concept, as an idea within the Marvel Comics world is older than I am? Well, no, but that doesn't surprise I me. I mean, funny that we're... Spider-Man's older than you are. Yeah, but he's not the new Spider-Man. Oh. These well, are the new mutants. New is relative. Yeah. <laughs> it was new to the time. It's new to the mutant franchise. Yeah. Fox's mutant franchise, which yeah. is now Disney's, to reboot. Yeah. Basically. So, this didn't have your X-Men... No, they talked about the X-Men briefly. Yes, but no no, no X-Men. X-Men's. No X-Men's did appear. Hmm. No, so they're new. They're new. They're new, new to us. They're new to being mutants. Yeah, that's how they can get away with the title. It's like, oh, you're just a new mutant. <laughs> what, yeah. what did you think? <laughs> I mean, overall, I think it was a good film. It was it was dragging, I think, in the last act of it. Of uh, it, it took almost half the movie to get through the exposition, yeah, which was impressive. And it wasn't very good exposition. And all of that exposition had been given in the you know the trailer, yeah, the one minute, two minute trailer, yeah. Uh, so not a bad Saturday afternoon movie the end did we finish the end i mean i I had a couple of thoughts that i'm processing okay uh but what did you think i i was bored yeah yeah i kept waiting for something now the movie starts now the movie starts it definitely felt like it wanted to be a horror movie particularly watching the trailer in advance yes i was expecting spooky spooky and nothing was spooky. There were oh, things... Wait, 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 we should say we're spoiling. <laughs> yeah. We should do the warning. I guess. That, I guess that, we should That do we're going to spoil things. It's our very first impressions right after watching it. Yeah. Knowing nothing yeah. much about it. So now, it's now, supposed to be a spooky horror mutant film. And it wasn't that spooky. It wasn't. It was... Kind of like it was shot like it was spooky, but nothing in it was particularly spooky mm-hmm. or scary or suspenseful. It was not. I would not call it a horror film. No, or a frightful film. It it seems like a mutant film. Yeah. To to me, yeah, is, um, not different in kind of tone and genre than. Yeah. Other than, than like literally, it was dark. There was yeah. not a lot of lighting. <laughs> They were in a big, empty hospital, and that's kind of spooky, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Lots of horror movies are set in big, empty, institutional-looking, not very cozy hospitals. Yeah. So not not a particularly spooky movie. No, I was I was led to believe that it would be spookier. A horror, a horror film. Yeah, and that was going to be part of what made it so. New to the Mutants franchise. Yeah. It it didn't do that. Um, it... I do think that... I 
not knowing these characters, like I did, I'm not familiar with these established mutant characters in the comics universe. Um, but I very quickly surmised like what was going on. Oh, you figured it out. Oh, I figured out like, oh, these like manifestations that have started happened at the same time that Danny showed up. Oh, I didn't. Like, but I'm never, I'm never looking to yeah, solve the, the plot. I wasn't trying to. It was just like I kind of figured from the first scene where Danny's like home and her neighborhood is getting destroyed. Mm-hmm. That since it's a mutant film, it was probably it's Danny's her fault. powers coming out in some way. And yeah, because that's a trope. Is they well often a traumatic circumstance mm-hmm. causes it. But sometimes the powers come out and cause a traumatic yes. Well, it's it's one of the core like metaphors of the mutant thing mm-hmm. is like puberty. Your whole body's different and it's scary. Yeah, and this kind of wanted to be that, but like with the exception of Danny. Basically, everyone else, like, had already had that moment. And now they're just being observed and, and quote-unquote, treated. Well, they knew what their powers were. They didn't quite all know to the same extent how to control them. I guess that's true. But, the like, if you're going to make a horror film in The Mutant, like, I think you spend more time on the body horror of that. Like, the... Like, my body is rebelling against me. In the way that, like, I think um, Jennifer's body did a really good job of of Mm -hmm. referencing. Mm -hmm. Or, um, like, I think about the body horror in Black Swan was really effective. Like, I don't love that movie, but I think a lot of the sort of, like, grotesqueries of of ballet were highlighted. Mm -hmm. Um, And these are kind of the scary parts that everybody's fear is being manifested. Yeah. While traumatic and horrible, mm-hmm. were expected. Yeah, I feel like as a mutant, oh, you killed your entire family. Okay, <laughs> would sound so crass to <laughs> put it, yeah, like that. But it can't. It's not original. It, it can't stand on shock value. Yeah, because alone. that's a pretty normal thing for these stories. For, for these stories, yeah. yeah. Like, with Maisie Williams' character, like, oh, there was a priest who thought she was a witch. And that was, yep, that's a thing. Mm -hmm. And she killed him. Okay. Yeah, there's no exploration of any of that. It's just sort of like, oh, oh, okay, I guess. And, like, the Catholic Church is the enemy. Yeah. That's not new. Just saying that doesn't get you very far. Or have an emotional response. You're relying on... The stereotype, the the previously established shorthand. Yes, yes. So those didn't come across as as scary as they wanted, yeah. and as as horrifying as they wanted it mm-hmm. to be. The end. Did we finish? Just about. I <laughs> I don't know that I have a lot more. I, uh, okay. Well, when you're done, I have thoughts. Okay. Well, I have so the other thought I had was, like, it's hard to balance horror and superhero as genres. I'm not to mm-hmm. say you can't do it. I've read horror comics with superheroes mm-hmm. in them. But the horror can't be 
or you have to work really hard to make the horror be, oh, these people are in peril. Because that kind of horror, that kind of terror or fear is greatly lessened when, oh, I can manifest a flaming sword and teleport out of here. Or I can catch myself on fire and shoot you with laser beams. Um, Then it becomes just a villain you can fight. Yeah. Because often the horror is inside your mind. Yeah. And taking the inside your mind horror and making it outside your mind doesn't actually make it nuanced or complex. It just makes it something you can punch. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was... I, so then it became more of a superhero movie. Yeah. Because you could... Well, and everybody had to have it. their superhero moment. Yeah. By the end. All of which did nothing. That So, mega spoilers for the end... When everybody's fighting the bear, I felt like they weren't accomplishing anything. I thought they were slowing it down. They were they were making time so that Danny could wake up. Okay, but it never felt like they were accomplishing that. Okay, yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it never felt like they were anything more than a nuance at most to the a giant... A nuance or annoyance? You said a nuance. But did I you did. mean annoyance? I did say a nuance. <laughs> Uh, yeah. How were they a nuance to the bear? They were small. <laughs> they were subtle. <laughs> yeah, they were small and subtle, and the bear didn't care about them. So, the, again, there's this like weird, like, I'm going to have my big hero moment pose and my fancy one-liner, and then nothing happens because of this. <laughs> like, I fly around for a minute, but, like... There was no back and forth. It was like fighting a brick wall. And I don't think the movie meant it to feel like it was fighting a brick wall. Yeah. Maybe it did, and it didn't come across well, but... It's frustrating. The concept has a lot of potential. Yeah. I agree. And it didn't... And it fell flat. Yeah. And that makes me sad. Mm Mm-hmm. Not super sad. Relatively. Disappointed. Like, oh, you could have done something really cool with this, and you you didn't succeed. You tried. Well, especially because the the mutant movies are so hit or miss. Yeah. So many of them are Bad. not good. <laughs> not and occasionally good. you get good ones. Like, I think First yeah. Class holds up pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. And the I think the one after that. Days of Future Past. That was really good. Yeah. Those, those yeah. two I think those really two good. work real well. Um, and something I've, I've appreciated about the mutant movies as a, as a franchise is an, a willingness to not be beholden to the previous movies. Like, they're just like, yeah, whatever, we don't care. Like, we're just moving, we're doing our own thing. Um, Logan did that really well. I think the Days of Future Past and the First Class were like, don't don't think about it too hard. Yeah, and I wonder how much this, too, is it was kind of being wrapped up around the time that Disney was buying Fox. Mm Mm-hmm. And so we probably had two production companies saying, do this, don't do that, do this. No, we're going to do these other movies in this future, so... Yeah. Well, so originally I was looking at Wikipedia. This was going to be a three-picture deal. Like, Mm -hmm. it was... they And the film was shot in 2017 and came out in 2020. Yeah. Which is a huge time to sit on the shelf. Really big, like, we don't believe in this sort of move. (laughs) Yeah. Because 
I thought it was just delayed by the pandemic. Like, no. Uh, like, <laughs> it was supposed to come out in 2020, and then everything happened, and it so it came, came out, out later in 2020, but no. no it, it had been, been delayed and delayed and delayed. Well, and this is one of the movies where we kept seeing the trailer, and we're like, is it out yet? Yeah. Or is it, no. I feel like this already happened. That? Wait. Um, for a while. Yeah. It was definitely in that sort of space. And so, yeah, it was in this creative limbo. They brought the director back to do some reshoots, They, which is not inherently a bad thing. Lots of movies do reshoots, and that makes the movie better. Um, but then the date got pushed back again and again and again. And then it finally got released during the pandemic, I think, I think streaming August only. In 2020. Yeah. Um, and we watched it on HBO Max. But... So, yeah, it, it felt like there was not a strong sense of creative vision. Like, it felt like, oh, we're going to make a horror movie that's made by about mutants. I, I have a feeling that this is one of those movies that just got passed back and forth so many times in, like, the revision. Mm-hmm. Not between creators, but between what they wanted executives and what the executives and, yeah. wanted. And, and then it kind of just fizzled. Yeah. I, I firmly agree like with that. Like, and the, I mean, the cast itself was pretty strong. Mm-hmm. I mean, Maisie Williams is fun, although her Scottish accent was goofy it was Irish. Like, I thought it was Irish. But it was probably it was Irish. Catholic. Irish Catholic. That makes sense. It was goofy. I, I recently have discovered all of a sudden I can't tell the difference between Scottish and Irish accents. Oh, no. I don't know. Like last week when we watched Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar, I was just having trouble with... Um, the character Edgar. <laughs> I think it's Jamie Dornan. Yeah, I think he's plays. Scottish. No, he's Northern Irish. Oh, I believe. Okay. So, see, you can't do. I anything. can't do it either. You can't Don't trust me. Scottish. And I don't know Irish, what I'm talking about. Which I used to be able to do. I don't know what. I don't know what has happened to my ears. I, I don't know that I was ever able to particularly tell the difference. I'm not great at accents. I, I don't know. Maisie Williams may be Irish. I'm not sure. I know she's, she's English. From, I she's, looked her okay, up. Okay, she is. Because I was like, that can't be her real accent. Oh, that right. feels very put on. Okay. <laughs> I can't tell these things. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this is a decent cast. The... I do always judge superhero movies based on like how creative their superpowers were are Mm -hmm. and these were all boring well they're ones we've kind of seen yeah Mm, i don't know what iliana that i've seen that before i haven't seen it before but i also found it boring yeah um we have flame guy Sunspot. Yeah. Is Sunspot is his is his. But we can we same, can talk about the casting of Sunspot as something interesting. The, the same as in the Fantastic Four. Yeah, he turns on guy. fire and he can shoot flames. I don't remember what that guy's name is. Johnny Storm. Johnny Storm. The um, human inferno. Human torch. Oh, and then Kentucky guy, I can't remember his name. He's from Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky guy. He he, he uh, Cannonball, I think is his he mutant name. Can he can he can shoot himself like a cannonball but he does it with a lot of colors yeah like he's going really fast or something he propels himself forward with great speed Uh uh-huh Maisie Williams turns into a dog a wolf a wolf except when 
like she's half wolf she's much more effective than being full wolf she gets the big claws um yeah and then the manifesting your fears is a thing i've seen over and over again and i'm again not hadn't necessarily seen it before but i mean i was reminded of uh yep Yep. It was Doom Doom yeah. Patrol. That it wasn't manifesting your fears, but the, still the sort of like psychic thing comes out. The girl. I'm trying to remain relatively spoiler free for <laughs> Doom like, Patrol because people Patrol? people didn't log into this podcast for, for Doom spoilers, Patrol spoilers. But, okay, I I remember which character you are now talking about from Doom Patrol. There we go. We watch so many things sometimes. We do. It just kind of. Yeah. Runs together. I saw briefly the casting thing, but it's from the Wikipedia, so I, yeah. I didn't confirm. Well, I remember when it happened. Oh, you do remember when like it happened. Like, it was on Comics Twitter for Another a Afro-Latino role yeah. missed. Yeah. Like, the character in the comics was originally written as a dark-skinned Afro-Caribbean person. Who's an Afro-Brazilian? Yes? Mm, possibly. I could be... I, I, I don't know. But yes. Um, but also dark skinned. Very yes. like that was a very much a part of his identity and, and the background of the character and didn't they didn't do it. They just they had a chance and they're like, nah. They cast a lighter skinned yes. actor. Yeah. Um in a not particularly diverse cast. No. Well you had him as as Brazilian, I'm not sure the actors Yeah. Um, he did look to be of Latino. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a Brazilian actor. Okay. He is Brazilian. Yeah. And then Blue Hunt is um, Native yes. American. So. Just just a, a missed opportunity. I did see that they also, um, in the original release, misspelled the creator of the New Mutant's name. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. His name is Rob McLeod, and they spelled it M-A-C instead of M-C. Oh. In the original, they fixed it for the home video release. Oh but... well, that's it. well. No, probably nobody saw it in the. Very few people saw it in the theater because <laughs> there was a pandemic. Yeah, but yeah, the guy who originally created the New Mutants characters and the New Mutants miniseries or whatever it started out as in the comics, I thought it was so funny. Um, I in in like categories of things that were a choice. And didn't accomplish what they were trying to do was having scenes from Buffy the Vampire Slayer on yeah, the TV. I was trying to figure out what, <laughs> why that show. You know, Fox owns was, it, I guess. Yeah. And, it, and one of the, the episodes was silent. It was hush. Hush. Yeah. Silent, Which is like hush. one of the best episodes of Buffy, period. Yes. Yeah, hands down. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Don't Everybody. remind me of a better thing in your thing. But the only thing I could get was like the villains in Hush kind of look like the smiley men. Yeah. Ilya. Again, don't remind Ileana. me of a better version of your thing. Uh, I think it was Ileana. Manifest, Ileana yeah. manifested. Yeah, again, don't remind me of a better version of the thing you're trying to do. When you had uh, Tara and Willow kissing, which may or may not have been from the same episode, I don't. Oh know. yeah, well you had okay, so Danny and Rain yeah have a relationship yeah, and 
Um, well, I guess this is before Disney owned Marvel because I know how much Disney does not <laughs> want any no, queerness unallowed to its Marvel yeah. properties. Yeah. Well, the mutants and, have definitely had a lot of a lot more gay people in their in the stuff, films. In the films. Oh, okay. Well, because like oh. Deadpool two um, had Negasonic Teenage Uh-oh. Warhead had a girlfriend. Oh, okay, yeah. Like again, not like world shattering representation. Yeah. Um, but like canonically queer characters. Okay, I had forgotten. That, okay, so Fox owned them because we had just watched Loki the TV series where yeah. they have one sentence that puts Loki <laughs> as bi. Yeah, and that's as much as Disney yeah. is willing. Loki mumbled to... by rights. Um, yeah. <laughs> Is it willing to do? Yeah, and that was you know in an off off series you know secondary show, not in the main tentpole movies. Yeah, <laughs> and then he kissed a girl version of himself, so it was okay. Well, there <laughs> there was a lot going on there. Oh, now did we just spoil Loki? Loki. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm leaving it in. It doesn't. It doesn't really. It's not really the big spoil. It's not a spoil. It's not really a spoil. Um, but yeah, putting Buffy in the movie. Yeah, so like in they're, frame they're, for long periods. They're in some sort of rec room, and that's they have an old TV with videotapes, and that's the only thing you ever see playing on it. Is yeah. episodes of Buffy. I think I like Buffy. I'll watch Buffy. It's weird to try and watch Buffy in the middle of a different movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was weird. Um. It felt like a choice. And I don't know why. I'm not sure what it represented. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts that you had in your mind brain? Well, so as soon as we start, we start with a Native American saying. Oh. I went, <laughs> yeah, I didn't talk about that at all. Oh. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> um. Because there is a trope in Hollywood to oh, yeah. horror around a Native American ghosty... Yeah. Um, the Shining, Poltergeist. Yeah. Essentially, Stephen King has, has is the kind of the epitome Oh, yeah. He, he loves that stuff. At least in his um, earlier work. I haven't read the, later the, stuff. But there's yeah. the trope of like a Native American burial ground yeah. or ghosts or spirits um, that cause the horror of mm-hmm. the, the horror film. So mm-hmm. I, I went... You go, no... <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> and I think they did okay, and they didn't do it, and they went to the, you know, the, the central kind of conflict is around a Native American character and her manifestation of this Native American story, her mm-hmm. relationship to it, and they cast a Native American to play her. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't... Often what happens, especially in Stephen King, is you have these ghosts, burial grounds, but no Native Americans around. Yeah. Not that that would have helped, because they that could have been treated very badly as well. But they're absent. They're absent presences. And here she's the closest thing to a protagonist mm-hmm. the film has. So I was... I had thoughts, but yeah. I ultimately was kind of okay. Yeah. It, I, it didn't feel like it went to, to Stephen King problematic <laughs> territory to I mean, me. the Two Bears story is one that is like a meme on internet. Yeah, that one Because it's two to wolves. Me. Okay. Um, and my favorite, like, I, like it's literally, there's a, there's a Know Your Meme page about it. 
with good things like inside of you there are two wolves one is named toby the other one is named toby <laughs> both the wolves are named toby oh, i didn't know this was a meme yeah Which, if you're okay if you're if, if it's memeable and connected to native american culture we have a bit we've of got problem. some problems yeah, and that's and that's what I immediately thought was like inside of you there are two bears and I was like they're not bears. Well, I mean it, this is ten seconds in and Kevin's like, "Where's my pen? I gotta write something down." I'm like, and then I forgot to talk about it. Had the same thought, I think. We had yes. to pause so you could go find your. We pen. did. We had to pause so I could write it down. The first thing I wrote was two bears. I guess it couldn't be two wolves because of. Yeah, as a wolf. yeah. And that, that, that ruins it all. Oh. And then you have to have a giant bear at the end. So bit, you don't fix all your problems by casting. No. And uh, uh, yeah, it's not just like that is not sufficient. You can't just go done. You have to do something more like Letterkenny, where like you. Have your native cast members also be creative consultants? Well, I don't and know who the creatives behind this I, are, I so I can't. I can't make any comments. Yeah, um, but it felt a little, it. a little icky. Um, the other thing, and I and I hesitate to even say this because this is a fun light podcast, is it felt a little tone deaf, and maybe because it was filmed in 2017. Yeah, um, and we've learned more, but that it's on this like industrialized school with a graveyard <laughs> in the front yard. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, that's, you know that's totally, the, I do. And the the uh, main story is about, I mean, the protagonist is a native American girl being held against her. Will, will at a school. <laughs> yes. And that felt tone deaf. Yeah. To me. Absolutely. I think it is tone deaf even in 2017, because yeah. while these are getting news, Residential schools existed for and the oral history decades. Existed. We knew what happened. We knew what happened to these children who were taken away from their families and never seen again. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that's rough. It's not great. It's not great. I think uh, we wouldn't have noticed it, you and I, in 2017, if yeah, we had seen the movie then. Those stories had not. Um, reached the critical mm-hmm. mass that they have. Yeah. Now, and and one just came out like a month ago. So it is oh, they're, very... they're, yeah, they're just happening all the time. Yeah, it's it's terrible. Um, yeah. Where so yes, a little. Kind a little... Of you need you need somebody there to just <laughs> take a look. Yeah, and go. And yeah, maybe. I, I'm not sure how could have changed it but we needed to think about it a little bit i i think you could have accomplished it differently yeah yeah and so uh, just scanning through wikipedia some of the things i saw referenced multiple times were like stephen king and mm-hmm. um and um oh no cuckoo's nest and so oh, i could yeah. see that being where the creators were looking at those images yeah but cuckoo's nest and residential schools are not like there were blinders there. Yeah, Those they're not. They're not disconnected. <laughs> different kinds of of yeah. oppression. When well, Cuckoo's Nest has a native character yeah. in it who is, I believe, killed okay, over the course so. of the narrative. So, like, so, yeah. there is like the original work of Cuckoo's Nest. I think is 
in conversation with these sorts of things. But uh, not in like a progressive way. I no, not an in, intentional like, a Stephen way. King yeah, way where... not intentional. But again, like you, if you if you say, "Oh, we're stealing from Cuckoo's Nest and Stephen King," like you're you're gonna bring along some baggage that you've got to deal with. You didn't think about it first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Josh Boone, the director of this film, was uh, most famous for directing *The Fault in Our Stars*, which I would not have guessed. Very uh, tonally different. Yeah. I'm sure it's a fine movie. I haven't seen it. I read the book. It's fine. Well, I, I haven't seen or read yeah. either, but I like John Green. Yeah, I like John Green. So, uh, yeah. So the the native representation was uh, a little I, chunky. I, I went, oh, okay. It's not <laughs> horrible. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to turn it off. Yeah. But I I have some thoughts that make me question. Um, the creators on this. Yeah. I agree. Other thoughts? Or was that was it just mostly that? That was mostly the kind of the thing that I kept <laughs> just returning back to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can get nitpicky on stuff like they didn't... I never quite understood, like, how anybody's powers work, but I don't actually care about that as long as they're used relatively consistently. Um, the trailer promised me they were going to have a room of squishy faces through spandex, and that was That didn't not, happen at that all. That was not in the final cut. Yeah, um, that's, so, that's trailers for you. Yeah, although I do feel like that's an overused effect, so... It is. It was very original. The first time. The first time. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... That's probably yeah, why they cut it. I didn't, I didn't get that. Yeah, I... I I didn't see horror at all. Yeah. One thing I did notice, this is probably my last thought, is um, a lot of the shots from, like, the security cams and, like, of the computer screen insets very much felt like, and they may or may not have been, but they very much felt like um, studio-mandated explanations of things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, taking what could have been a little bit moodier, a little bit more ambiguous... And but no, she's having a bad dream, and we cut to a camera view, and it says psionic energy detected. Like, let's remove the nuance from this situation, or like taking the tension out of Reyes killing her by like having her get an email that says terminate terminate subject, subject. and she's like, yes, I will terminate the subject. Like again, removing any potential ambiguity or nuance or, or tension. Which, if you want a spooky movie, tension is good. Like, I think Reyes' speech about, you know, her mom being a vet would have been spookier if you weren't quite sure what was about to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, as the audience, knew what was about to happen. She's like, yes, I will murder this child. Email, send. Which is another, like, with all the other context. Yeah. Yeah. I'm... Flashing my hand here. Like so you it's can a red see warning it. light flashing. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's yes. just a little, like I said, tonally deaf. Yeah. Yeah. Rough. It's a little rough. Uh, I think that's all the stuff I had. Um, I want, not this movie, but I want some of the mutant ethos of not being beholden to canon and being able to do just whatever you want to, like, accidentally sneak into the marvel verse and disney movies and stuff i don't think it will um 
but I would like it too. Like, honestly, I will spoil Loki right now. I'm spoiling okay, Loki. Turn it off if you don't want but it's making a point. for Loki. Like, the fact that they had an entire six-episode series that was 90% exposition so they could set up a multiverse and not just say, like, eh, sometimes things are different felt like a huge waste of resources that I didn't need. Well, not to mention I had the problem of, oh, well, I guess now the show can start at <laughs> the end of the six, six episodes that we just Yes, watched. again, another problem. Um, I'm mad about Loki. Welcome to Mad About Loki with Kevin. <laughs> it was just a waste. It was a waste of a lot. And the end of spoilers for Loki, the Marvel... Mutant movies made by Fox had a willingness to just cast off what they didn't work and what didn't care they didn't care about. Well, you had kind of a reboot when you did the first class. Yeah, and that was and, fine. And and so they were kind of rewriting stuff, yeah. and it was really strong. Yeah, like we don't need to beholden to movies that came out because it's all part of the same cinematic universe. Your viewing audience is smart. They'll catch on. Just make good stuff. And I think DC's doing a real good job of that with, like, their very loosely connected stuff with Birds of Prey. Well, the TV universe, but, like, Birds of Prey. Yeah, it's sort of, I guess, kind of connected to Suicide Squad. The new Suicide Squad, which is technically a sequel, but nobody cares. Like, that sort of stuff. Just, I prefer it looser because it lets you be free to be creative and not just feel like your property exists to set up the next one. Well, Marvel has some storytelling problems. I know. And as I I said when we finished Loki, every time a new Marvel property comes out, I I go in with this hopeful heart, excited, like this time time. it's going to be good. And then... It's fine. Time after time. We're just it's so fine. disappointed. Anyways, we'll have to do a Loki I, episode. Uh, maybe that, we that, just did? <laughs> that mostly gets out. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Actually, those, yeah. those are not my only problems with Loki. I have more problems. Oh, good. But, maybe we'll have enough um, for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else? Any other thoughts? No, you want to talk about our Patreon? We have a Patreon! You can support us and help us continue making the thing we're making, which is this podcast. If you like us, you can give us as little as a dollar per episode, which we'll use to pay for hosting, and our website, which is at 5degreesbetween.us, because it's clever. And... You can put a monthly cap on your Patreon donations in case you make too many episodes in a month. And you're yep. like, that's too many. Yep. Uh, we totally get it. Of course, the podcast will always be free like podcasts should be. So just listening to us, rating us on your favorite podcasting app, telling your friends about it. And say, like, you'll never believe I was listening to this New Mutants podcast and they just spoiled Loki. Um, yeah, you could you could listen to that and tell your friends about us. There's two perks for subscribing to our Patreon and giving us some money. The first one is mega double unedited episodes, which are the same episodes, but 
it has stuff before and after the episode starts and ends because that's the closest thing to bonus content I'm willing to make. <laughs> uh, and you also get a list of movies we did not watch for any given episode. I often give Amy a list of movies to watch and she picks one and then we do an episode about it. Yeah, New Mutants had been on there a couple times. A couple before. times, yeah. Uh, Each time I was like, wait, is that out yet? <laughs> Every time. Every time. I'm going to put it on next week just so you'll be like, wait, didn't we? We watched this, right? Wait, is this the new one? The new New Mutants? The new New Mutants. Yeah, that's the Patreon stuff. I think that's all the things. We appreciate your support. It means a lot to us. Am I supposed to say anything else? I think that's the script. Okay. Say goodnight, Amy. Goodnight, Amy.